بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما ورسائد دروس الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد During these unprecedented times when we are being asked to isolate within our homes this word isolation it reminds us of a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam a beautiful narration when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned the seven types of people that will be granted the shade beneath the throne of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that day when there will be no shade besides the shade of the throne of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from amongst these seven types of people one of them the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he mentioned وَرَجُلٌ ذَكَرَ اللَّهَ خَالِيًا فَفَاضَتْ رَجُلٌ ذَكَرَ اللَّهَ خَالِيًا فَفَاضَتْ What does this mean? A person, this is one type of people who will be granted the shade of the throne of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. May Allah grant us all. رَجُلٌ ذَكَرَ اللَّهَ خَالِيًا فَفَاضَتْ عَيْنًا A person that remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in isolation, in solitude, when nobody else is around. And through his remembrance, whether it be reciting Quran, whether it be performance of Salah, whether it be just think, sitting and thinking and remembering Allah, whether it be pondering upon one's past actions, whether it be thinking about one's future in terms of the hereafter in one's grave on the day of judgment on the bridge of Sirat, whether a person will receive the book of deeds in the right hand or the left hand, or whether it be just thinking about all the bounties and the blessings and the ni'mah and the rahmah and how lucky and fortunate we are that we are drowning in the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person is alone. Nobody else is there. And whilst you are engaged in this small action, it could be a few moments because of you remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tears begin to flow because of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of the intense attachment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that this individual will be granted the shade of the throne of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So today I want to just focus on this word khaliyan. Rajulun dhakar Allah khaliyan fafadat aina. A person who remembers Allah in isolation, alone, in solitude, where nobody is there. And the idea is this. Now, unfortunately, most of us now today's talk today's talk i'm firstly it's aimed towards me i'm addressing myself i'm in need of this more than anybody else and alongside this my talk is addressed let, let me tell you who it's not addressed to i'm not addressing those mashaikh those ulama those elders those pious individuals you could even be young who are already doing this who already have this strong connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who every spend time in solitude with Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every day at the time of tahajjud and then during the day and then before you retire to bed. My, my, address, is, my address isn't to direct it towards you. My address today is directed firstly towards myself. And then the rest of us who unfortunately haven't reached this stage as of yet, 
And what do I mean? In this hadith, we find that the Prophet ﷺ mentions this person, he cried, he shed tears, khaliyan, not because somebody else was watching, not because he wanted to become noticed by other people, not because so that it could be recorded in history that this person is very pious, this person is God-fearing, this person sheds tears out of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I mention this because today, unfortunately, we are living in a time where we have almost forgotten the concept of sincerity. We have almost forgotten the concept of isolation with Allah. Allah. We have almost forgotten the importance of carrying out deeds, especially the optional acts. Yes, there are certain actions in Islam which are supposed to be done openly. The Adhan, for example. Jumu'ah, for example. Salat with Jama'ah, for example. The Hajj, for example. These are actions which are supposed to be done openly. And and at times like this, like now, for example, you know, we are struggling, we're finding it difficult because we're so used to doing them openly and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala return us back to our original condition very, very soon. So that's an exception. That is the command of the Sharia to ensure that they are done openly. However, alongside this, the rest of the actions, the rest of the actions, the important thing here is, that they are supposed to be done secretly. And this is a concept with which we have almost forgotten. You know, in this, uh, this reminds me, the same hadith of the Prophet ﷺ regarding the seven types of people who will be granted the shade on the day of judgment of the throne of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, may Allah grant us all, mentions another category of people. And that is a person who gives, now look at the wording of the hadith. A person who gives sadaqah, charity, in such a manner that when he gives with his right hand, his, even his left hand doesn't find out. And of course, what, what this means is he is extremely cautious in ensuring that this good deed, this optional good deed is done in isolation, with total sincerity and it's hidden away from the eyes of anybody today i mean we can't do this somebody was mentioning the other day that when we're giving with our right hand we've got our selfie stick in the left hand there's there's no way we can attain this we have come so far from this and subhanallah it's a great sign and a great thing that sadaqah charity uh, and charity work and aid alhamdulillah has become much more common now than it was ever before and there are many projects, many organizations. And now I don't want anyone to misquote me and misunderstand what I'm trying to say. This is why I'm mentioning the disclaimer now. So yes, it is important for some organizations, especially the larger ones, to maintain transparency and reporting for the donors to ensure that now and again, there are pictures, there are videos taken of whatever is being given so that this reliance and trust remains in this age and era of uh, dishonesty and distrust. So this is understandable. And to a degree, it's needed and it's necessary. However, the unfortunate thing is, every one of us now have made that a norm. That thing which was an exception for a need in Islam Many a time. So the general concept of sadaqah is it should be hidden. Not just sadaqah. Good deeds generally are for only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it should be done in a way that nobody sees. If somebody happens to see, that's a different issue altogether. But the ideal is that we engage in ibadah in such a way that it is only done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This concept we are losing. So we are seeing these charities and they are promoting. So each time they go to a house, they are taking a picture, it's being shown. And there's pros and cons to this as well. Like I said, for certain charities at certain times and certain organizations, not just charities, other organizations are doing a tremendous work throughout the world. 
and to a degree it is needed that sometimes for a reason for a purpose for a limited reason not all the time it is needed that we record we take a picture we send a report uh, to maintain accountability to maintain transparency these things are important in its place however what we've done is we've taken this as a norm and everything we do no matter what it is even things like kindness to one's parents so someone will put up a status or they'll post it somewhere that guys you know look after your parents but the whole idea is that you'll, you'll see that person doing something maybe for his elderly mother or elderly father and remember the hadith of Sahih al-Bukhari where the three youngsters they were stuck in the cave and there was no way out just like we the whole world today feels that we're stuck and all three of them agreed they were in isolation and they were in there and they agreed that the only way that Allah is going to help us and we are going to be able to escape from here that if we present a deed a good deed from our lives that we carried out with secrecy with Allah in isolation with Allah only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and nobody else and as a result what happens each of them thought of an action they had done in their lives which nobody knew about I mean if we were to try and think and ponder if I was to look into my life if I was to try and look in the last 24 hours and think which good deeds did I do which only Allah knows and nobody else which I tried to maintain hidden secret only between me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do I have a stock of these deeds am I particular about this or am I posting things left right and center I'm ensuring that I, 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 I get into the picture so people know that I'm a really good person may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding so this concept is slowly slowly withering away and many a times we at that particular time when we do the deed we are sincere and we have no ill intention however because we are who we are because our nafs is with us because our desires are with us because our ego is with us many a times at that time you did it in isolation you did it hidden you did it secretly however later on what happens is you end up mentioning it to somebody or a discussion comes up and you mention oh yeah last you know um, I was awake at three o'clock in the morning yeah yeah I, I remember I heard that noise as well now you've mentioned that something like what were you doing up at three in the morning shouldn't you be sleeping and then that's it now you've opened up a door now you could just say that I woke up my eyes opened I went back to sleep oh I needed to answer the call of nature or you've got an opening there and this is where the nafs kicks in where you say oh I woke up for tahajjud and that's the end of it you've said that and then you weren't able to control your emotions afterwards your ego afterwards and then another oh mashallah you're, you're very pious uh, we don't even wake up for fajr you, mashallah you know amazing you're amazing so a person who remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in solitude in secrecy in such a way that nobody else is there and that causes him to shed tears now remember what caused this individual to shed tears not because other people were watching him no that's one aspect of it and secondly another time when we end up crying is when we're in a gathering now this is I'm mentioning this because we're, we're approaching Ramadan and I've had so many people they are upset they are disappointed and the, 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 the feeling how are we going to spend this Ramadan and rightly so we should all be feeling in this way however let's look at it from a different angle altogether let's look at it from a positive angle Ramadan Ibadah worship the original and the objective of this Ibadat is solitude 
it's a one-to-one communion with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So another time when a person ends up crying is when you see other people crying. And that instigates and inspires you to cry. The hadith mentions, Rajulun He didn't cry because other people were crying around him. So that encouraged him to cry as well. And this is the aspect I think we may be missing from Ramadan. When we've got this gathering at home, it's not, you know, it's not the same praying to Allah. Many people are saying now as well, you know, can we get together and do Jumu'ah somewhere? It's not the same buzz. It's not the same feeling. And as much as we understand, but Islam is not just about getting that momentarily buzz. Islam is about doing what Allah wants you to do at the right time. And at this time, at this time, those of us within our homes, the ulama, the mashaykh are telling us, even though it is the day of Jumu'ah, your responsibility is to perform dhuhr salah. You will do dhuhr in your home, whether you do it in jama'ah, whether you do it individually. And to know that this condition we're in is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to be pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nevertheless, so a person sometimes would cry. Why? Because other people are crying. So this person didn't cry because other people are crying around him. Uh, he cried because he was in solitude. It was a sincere communication with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is something that is missing from our lives. Ramadan is fast approaching. And Ramadan, and not just Ramadan, our time in isolation at home, let us take advantage of this. Normally, normally, especially for Ramadan, normally for most of us, some, like I said in, 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 at the beginning, mashallah, there are many people uh, who already are particular about isolating themselves with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and then engaging in ibadah, in communion, in this dialogue and enjoying their moments. However, a lot of us, a lot of us, we haven't experienced this yet. We find it very difficult. Rather, we, when we're alone, we feel frightened, we feel scared, we feel wahsha. We don't, we, we need to fa start finding comfort with Allah in solitude. Just like we find comfort in gatherings, we find comfort in surroundings, we find comfort amongst our family and friends, we need to, this is Al-Unsu Billah. Al-Unsu Billah. This is a very high stage. And this is an objective for us as a mu'min, as a believer, as a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world, to try and attain this, that we work on ourselves so much so and I think this is an ideal opportunity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you and I that whilst we are isolated within our home, this attaining al-khalwatu ma'allah, one-to-one moments with Allah has just become so much more easier. So much more easier. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. We find that this was a prophetic practice. Ummul Mu'mineen, mother of the believers, Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha tell us, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam practiced this before prophethood and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam practiced this after prophethood. Even before prophethood she says, The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam isolating himself and spending his time in solitude became beloved to him. He just loved it. Do you know how much we hate just being alone and not doing anything? And we just feel bored and agitated. The Prophet he says that Allah made this beloved to him. And he would go days on end in the cave of Hira. And he would spend those moments in secret, solitude, away from any eye. And he wouldn't tell anybody about what he did. No pictures, no snapchats, no posting it on Facebook, nothing at all. He is in secret, in solitude. And then after prophethood, we find that the last 10, last 10 days of Ramadan, the Prophet wasallam every year, he would perform i'tikaf. Now our i'tikaf and the i'tikaf of the Prophet wasallam huge difference. You know, I've been mentioning this over the years. Alhamdulillah, we've had a chance and an opportunity to organize i'tikaf here. And the, the format that we've had, although many people enjoy, but the, the idea isn't to enjoy yourself. Uh, because th the reason why we have 
so many engagements and so many programs and so many activities is because we are so far from this. It's to help us reach that stage that the idea of the i'tikaf of Ramadan was that you cut off from the world. You cut off from activities, from engagements, from programs, from getting together, from everything. And that is the time you've had the whole year with the whole world, with your friends, with your family, with your business, with your job, with materialism. These are 10 days to cut off from everybody and spend it with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-khalwatu ma'allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this was the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam now there was no one who was more busier more important and whose time was more valuable and who wasn't needed by the people than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam people needed him for various things and he, his time was very precious. He was very important. Despite this, despite this, the Prophet ﷺ, every day he would isolate himself. Every single day he would go into isolation. Every day he would go into solitude. Every day, whenever he got an opportunity, he would go and spend time in communion secretly in a hidden manner with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whether it was reciting the Quran whether it was making dua whether it was performing salah and look at the comparison Ummul Mu'mineen mother of the believers Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha tells us that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam you know how small the house was it was just a little room so small that the Prophet ﷺ at the time of Salatul Tahajjud when he would go into sajda, he would have to tap on the feet of Aisha so she would take her feet in and he could make sajda. That's how tight and congested the room was. Despite this, when the Prophet ﷺ would awaken in the middle of the night for the night vigil, for the night prayer, it says that he would awaken in a way where he would not disturb anybody. He wouldn't let anybody know that he's woken up. He would slip out of the bed, the words are. And there are other narrations as well where the Prophet ﷺ very quietly slipped out. And look, look at the contrast. So that's there. And on the, on the other hand, um, here we are. We've got up to do some good deed. And we thought, right, you know, let me tell everybody that I've got up. Um, pray Fajr, guys. It's Fajr time. Now, uh, uh, that's a reminder and it's great. It's great that it's a reminder. However, are we in control of our nafs? It's, it, it's, it's very subtle. Are we letting other people know that I've prayed? Or are we genuinely reminding them? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is the way he would go about this. And it wasn't just the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. After the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we find the, time, the lives of the Sahaba, the pious predecessors. And even amongst us, there are those who spend this time in isolation, in solitude with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, one of the pious people said, this was the way of the pious, one of the pious people said, that, that person who does not gain comfort in solitude with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in reality, he has not seen any comfort whatsoever. The person who does not enjoy the company of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, in solitude, he does not know what enjoyment is. That this person is saying that if, O oh Allah, if me and you, if our connection is strong, if we have a good relationship, if I am in contact with you and you're happy with me, then I don't care what the rest of the world say. If things between me and you are strong and we have a strong bond, it doesn't matter how everything else is. If there is sweetness in our connection, it doesn't matter 
how bitter the rest of my life is and how bitter the trials and the tribulations of this dunya are as long as I enjoy sweetness and ecstasy and enjoyment in my solitude and isolation with Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us that we should be spending time in isolation every day in communion directly with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asking ourselves which direction am I going in? What have I prepared for tomorrow? Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullaha wal tandur nafsum ma qaddamat lighad that every believer Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should reflect and ponder upon his and her life and think, ask yourself these questions. What have you prepared for tomorrow? And this should be done where? In solitude. In solitude. When a person is alone with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ask yourself, talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, speak to your nafs and say, what have you done for tomorrow? What have you done with your time? Where are you going? Which direction is your life going? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. And the blessing of this is a person, the more we do this, where we spend time in solitude with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in isolation with Allah, nobody else, nothing else, no distractions. What will happen is a person will then progress from Islam to Iman, and then from Iman to the status of Ihsan. And this again is an objective. How can we attain something called Ihsan? And what is Ihsan? An Allah That you worship Allah in such a way as if you are seeing Allah. And of course, this isn't possible for us in this world. Or a lot of us can't comprehend this. So, okay. The hadith mentions, you can't do this, well, do this one then. You can't do that one, then you should be doing this. That you worship Allah, and then eventually you spend your life in such a way that you are always conscious and aware of the fact, Allah is watching me, Allah is watching me, Allah is watching me. And this a person cannot attain until we don't spend time in isolation with Allah without any distractions. May Allah give us a tawfiq. Now, some of the pious predecessors, they said, مَسَاكِينُ أَهْلِ الدُّنْيَا خَرَجُوا مِنَ الدُّنْيَا وَمَا ذَاقُوا أَطْيَبَ مَا فِيهَا Some pious people said that these poor people of the world, when he says poor, it doesn't mean poor in terms of poverty. He's having pity on the materialistic-minded people of the world. The people who hunger after the world. Unfortunately, the people like you and me. That we are full of materialism. And we are hunkering after the world. He's saying, Masakinu ahli dunya. These worldly-minded people, I have pity upon them. They are leaving the world and they have not tasted the most tastiest thing in the world. They have not experienced the most sweetest thing in the world, sweeter than honey. They have not had the greatest and the most indulging thing in the world. What do you think is the most indulgent thing in the world? The most delicious thing you can have. The highest level of ecstasy you can reach in this world. The sweetest thing, more sweeter than honey and more precious than gold. What is this? He says, Masakinu ahli dunya. Haraju mina dunya. Wa I have pity on the worldly minded people. They have left the world and they have not enjoyed the most enjoyable thing that you can enjoy in this world. So the people ask them, So they ask, people asked, what is the most enjoyable thing in this world? What is the most indulgent thing in this world? What are the most sweetest moments a person can have in this world? And the reply was given, The sweetness one finds and the comfort one finds in isolation and solitude with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is nothing, there is nothing sweeter than this. There is nothing more enjoyable than this. And only those who know, know. You know, we always say, if you know, you know. Then here, if you know, you know, you know. 
And if you don't know, then it's very easy. People generally reject that which they don't know. They don't know it. Ah, there's no such thing. Many people, they discard the idea of people experiencing, you know, an enjoyment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because they've never experienced it before. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. So we have now the ideal opportunity before us to bring this missing part of the jigsaw in our life. We've got everything, alhamdulillah. Everything we have, alhamdulillah, is nothing we don't have. Especially those of us in the UK, alhamdulillah, we are so fortunate, so blessed. That even in this time of crisis, what do we not have? Do we judge Allah on the things He has given us? Or do we judge Allah based on the things which He hasn't given us? Let's not look at the things we don't have. The things we don't have are very, very few. And you don't have it because Allah knows it's not good for you. Maybe there's some wisdom in the reason why you don't have that thing that you've always wanted. However, let's ponder on the things we do have. We are so fortunate. We are so lucky. However, if there's something missing from my life, is spending time in isolation with Allah. Spending time in solitude with Allah. Seeking and gaining comfort in Allah's company. Nobody else's. We've learned how to seek com comfort in the, com in the comfort of our homes, of our families, of our friends, of the rest of the world. Social media online. We love it. We, we, we get a buzz out of it. We seek the likes and people to follow and to share. And this gives us, it's a very fake, it's a very fake pleasure, which has no meaning to it whatsoever. Whether a thousand people like your post or they don't, in the court of Allah, it will not make any difference whatsoever. Let us make the most of this time we have in isolation to learn the real meaning of isolation. Al-Khalwatu ma'allahi subhanahu wa ta'ala. How are we going to do this? Now, alhamdulillah, Allah has made it so much more easier. Had we not faced this crisis, I don't think it would have been so easy because we are already to a degree isolated. This has become now so much more easier. Let us find an opportunity in this difficulty. What we need to do is find some time every day where we cut off. So Alhamdulillah, already we're not gathering. We're not attending functions and parties. And we need to now separate ourselves for a moment, even from our beloved ones. We're not saying for the whole of the day, for a moment, for a few minutes, separate ourselves and go somewhere in our houses. Find that place in your house where it's just you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And begin. Start this new journey today. Let us become friends with Allah. We are in this situation, brothers and sisters, only because we have lost our connection and our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nothing else. And the only thing that will solve and fix this issue is when I connect back to my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the only way it's going to be done is where we start learning to disconnect, even if it's for a short period of time, from everything and everyone that's around us, and going into real isolation, without telling anybody, without making a fuss about it, without letting other, others know about it, and experiencing Muslim Ibn Yasar rahmatullah alayhi used to say, Lawallahi ma taladhadal mutaladhiduna bimithli khalwati billahi azza wa jal. That no one has experienced and enjoyed the experience and the enjoyment and the ecstasy that is experienced by those people who enjoy those moments with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, to attain this, there is one thing we all need to do. Myself firstly, and the rest of us. There is one reason why we are so distracted. And this distraction is killing our time, is taking us further and further away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And especially when we do end up isolating, many of us do isolate. Many of us do go into solitude to pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, maybe to read some Quran. However, there is one distraction that comes with us even there and it spoils and tarnishes everything we are doing. What is it? This. The deadly mobile phone. So let us make a pledge before Ramadan comes. And those of us on Facebook, you will see, go to your activity and it will tell you how much time you spend on this every day. And you will learn, we, you know, we might just be scrolling down pages and just checking posts now and again without realizing at the end of the day, it equates to a few hours at times. And it'll give you the whole weeks. And this is another piece of homework. Those of you who are on Facebook, every night just go into your activity and see and aim from now till ramadan to start minimizing if it says you've spent what three hours in in a whole day bring it down two hours one hour and then bring it down as much as possible where then you fix a time maybe once in the morning or once in the evening you go on it fix a time 10 minutes 15 minutes you've checked your post you need to post something um, whatever it is you want to see how your friends are that's fine and in this way, we will be able to attain this. Otherwise, what many of us have started doing, because we are in isolation, we are spending more time on things which take us further and further away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah give us a tawfiq. And, you know, we don't need to explain. Imagine when we, when we forget our phone at home, for example. You've gone out, you've left it at home. Or it's become lost. We become like a bird locked in a cage, just flying to get out, restless, like a fish out of water. And this just shows, this just shows, does this happen to us when we miss our recitation of the Quran for the day? Or when I miss my salah, for example? Oh man, I miss those moments with Allah when I've not made the dhikr of the day, I miss reciting the dua. No, it doesn't. It shows where our priorities lie and that we need to make a change. And that change will be now. Allah has put us into this situation. He wants to tell us something. He, he loves us. You and I were not going to Allah. We were running further and further away. Allah has made the situation of the world such that now He's saying, come, He's pulled us towards Him. And He has made the situation so much more easier to turn to Him. And if you and I don't turn to Him at these moments, then when are we going to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Now, I'm going to suggest, uh, before I end, uh, a couple of things, three steps. Uh, before I mention this, just to mention that the pious predecessor, Abdullah ibn Mubarak rahmatullah it was known regarding him that he was well known. Everybody knew he was a sage, a saint. One of his students say that Abdullah ibn Mubarak, he was known for his piety and everyone knew. One day I happened to travel with Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi and I thought why is it that you know this man is he's just known to be like a giant in terms of his taqwa and piety and everybody knows him and Allah has granted him such a lofty rank what is it that he does that I don't do for example so he says when I travel with him as we traveled one thing I saw he says I was shocked I did not find anything extraordinary in his life. When we prayed, he prayed. When we fasted, he fasted. We recited Quran, he recited Quran. And then we reached a place. There was a room where we were going to spend the night. So we reached there and I thought, I've spent all this time with this person. I have not seen a single thing that differentiates him from me. I'm doing all the same things that he's doing. So why is it that he has such a high status and I don't or anybody else doesn't for that matter? He says, whilst we were in this room, uh, the, the oil finished in the lamp and it became dark. So some of us, we went out, we went to hurry and to find some more oil to light the lamp so that we could have some light in the room. When we returned with this oil, uh, I came searching for Abdullah bin Mubarak, rahmatullahi. And I bought this oil, I hadn't lit the lamp yet. And it was totally dark. It was pitch black. And I searched for him. 
and I made a sound to try and see where he is and eventually when I found him I reached to him I found that in the darkness he was crying and tears were flowing from his eyes and I asked him that oh Abdullah bin Mubarak uh, what, what's 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 going on why is it that you're crying so much that your, your whole beard is wet and the teardrops are falling even from your beard now this is something he did in secret nobody knew but because now the student has come and engaged with him it so happened that he's having to tell him otherwise nobody would have known he says wallahi laqad dhakartul qabra he says wallahi the darkness of this room in this dark tight congested room i remembered the qabr and this caused me to cry I remembered the Qabr I thought what is going to happen to Abdullah bin Mubarak when Abdullah bin Mubarak gets lowered into his grave it's going to be like this how many times have we been in darkness <laughs> what, what were we thinking about what were we doing and the student he said to himself this is the secret this is the secret his external actions are the same as ours but his solitude and isolation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is what separates us and makes us different from each other now I want to end by mentioning uh, three steps uh, what we can do and what we can take from here how are we going to implement this it's not going to come overnight it's not going to come overnight we need to take some steps some small steps number one the first step and the first point where I can start is again we're going to one of the pious predecessors Muhammad ibn al-Wasi he says that from amongst the pious people I found that there were such people that a man would be sleeping with his wife on the same pillow so his wife is sleeping the man is also sleeping they're sharing the same pillow however this man is making the most of this time in isolation with Allah although his wife is there she's asleep he's not disturbed that she doesn't know he's right next to him he doesn't make a fuss or promote it she doesn't know but he is shedding tears in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his wife is right next to him and she doesn't have an idea his tears are flowing his tears are flowing this is the first place where you and I can start every night step number one every night every night when you and I go to sleep when we lay our head on our pillow spend a moment in isolation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just play back the, the 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 record of the day from the morning till the evening and talk to Allah say Allah this is how today went this is what I did good because of your rahmah and these are the mistakes that I made today and oh Allah help me to become a better person tomorrow this is a very powerful conversation that you can have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every single day step number one Put your head on your pillow and talk to Allah. Number one. Let's start this from today. Number two. Second step is every single day, we need to spare maybe an hour, maybe half an hour, where we isolate ourselves during the day from our families, from our work, from our chores, remembering to keep the mobile away to switch it off or then put it somewhere not in the same room leave it somewhere else where we go and we spend time and in this hour or half an hour we spend in reciting the quran dhikr dua or just thinking about allah's bounties allah's kindness allah's jannah allah's jahannam that's it spending time and enjoying the company of allah al-khalwatu ma'allah and now the third step so that was two things once we become strong on the first one we'll be able to do the second one once we get onto the second one we'll be able to do the third one and the third one is at night 
before Fajr at the time of the Hajjud. Now Ramadan is coming and most of us or nearly all of us are already awake at that time. So let us start practicing from now so we can make the most of it. At that time, the night vigil, a very special time when Allah descends to the first heaven and asks, is there anyone who wants anything I can give? At that time, to spend those moments with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in isolation without telling anybody, without making a fuss about it, without letting it be known. And keeping these hidden moments, as many as possible, and then building. Do you know what happens after this when a person does this as much as possible? Then a person can be in the midst of hundreds or thousands of people, bodily and physically, but his and her heart and soul is making tawaf of the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a person in solitude, in isolation, spends their time getting to know Allah, finding comfort in the company of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then a person can go into gatherings and yet be connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. I pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us this opportunity. And I have to mention at this moment that just like spending time in solitude and isolation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has so many merits and so many benefits and it's sweeter than anything you will experience in this world. Unfortunately, unfortunately, there are some of us who exploit these isolated moments in transgressing, in sinning and breaking the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want to quickly share a hadith with you. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in regards to such people, Oh my people, I know there are going to be people in my ummah. They will come on the day of judgment. They will have so many good deeds. Their good deeds will be like huge, huge mountains. However, However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make these good deeds like mountains into scattered dust and they will equate nothing whatsoever. Thawban radiallahu says, Ya Rasulallah, sifhum lana man ha'ulak. O Messenger of Allah, tell us who are these people? We don't want to be amongst them. Tell us who these people will be. Qala amma innakum ikhwanukum min jildatikum. They are going to be from amongst you, your own brothers. They will have the same kind of skin like you have, meaning they will be from amongst you. They will pray during the day. They will fast during the day. They will pray in the night. They will do all of these things. However, The only difference is when they go into solitude and they engage in some kind of haram act, secret sins alone, they exploit those moments which should have been with Allah. And instead of enjoying the moments with Allah, they exploit those moments and they indulge in haram and break and transgress the limits of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why Bilal ibn Sa'id rahmatullah says, La takun waliyan lillahi fil alaniya, aduwuhu fil sir. Oh my brother, oh my sister, never be that person who is the friend of Allah in public, the enemy of Allah in private. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. So, just going to announce a couple of things. So, first of all, um, now there will be Adhan, and thereafter, the second Adhan, and there will be Khutbah and Salah, a Jumu'ah in the Masjid. Uh, those of you who are listening from wherever you are at home, uh, you will not follow uh, our Jumu'ah here. Uh, you can't follow. You will perform your own Dhuhr Salah at home, whether you do it collectively in Jama'ah, which is very good. Otherwise, you perform your uh, Dhuhr Salah individually. So that's what's going to be happening now. Uh, before I go on to do this, just to mention a couple of things. Alhamdulillah, you have been donating very generously up until now uh, for the food bank and providing these services for the vulnerable people in our communities. Alhamdulillah, hundreds of houses uh, have been reached, alhamdulillah, with your help and your donated items. Uh, we still need more help. And, and there, there is a list of houses that need visiting and vulnerable people that need your assistance and your help. 
so please, there are two ways you can help with this. Either you can go online or you can go on, on the YouTube channel. You will see the donation, uh, the account details where you can donate towards this cause. So we can buy the items which are necessary essentials and ensure it reaches the vulnerable people. Or you could come outside the masjid and you can donate these food items, um, tinned food, for example, flour, rice, oil, uh, essential baby food, for example, anything that you think that could help somebody else. Um, there is a box in the masjid uh, outside in the masjid compound. All you need to do is come there. 1066 is the code. You put the code in 1066, lift the lid, and you can leave there whatever you want. Alhamdulillah, last Jumu'ah we made the announcement, and Alhamdulillah, we had a great response. We are hoping the same this week as well. 1066 is the code. Whatever you have, whatever you want to give, please do give generously. Similarly, we are continuing with the project in India, the medical parks, 15 pound uh, for a whole month, which will provide the essential things needed for a family. So please uh, go online and see the details for this as well. Uh, similarly, we are continuing with the fundraising for the Maqasid Hospital, the pediatric unit uh, which is needed for there. So please, in Palestine, uh, just close to Masjid Al-Aqsa. So please do donate towards this as well. You'll find again the details of this on the Masjid Al-Falah KMAB uh, website. And finally, the month of Ramadan is drawing very close. We have medjool dates, the best quality dates. Alhamdulillah, uh, I can uh, assure you, we've been visiting Palestine for uh, a long time, Alhamdulillah, now. And we have tasted and tried and experienced many, many different types of medjool dates. And I can assure you, these are probably one of the best uh, or the best dates and the quality of dates that we've experienced and these are the dates if despite us going there these are the dates that we use ourselves as well uh, so alhamdulillah they're available here in birmingham uh, we have them in the masjid anybody would like the dates uh, please get in contact with any of the responsible brothers for the masjid so uh, brother adil has placed his number on the uh, youtube you can see that now on the channel and anybody that wants it's 10 pound for a box and bear in mind 50% of the net profit goes towards helping vulnerable children who are in the orphanages in Jerusalem, alhamdulillah. Again, a project which we've seen ourselves. Uh, so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen.